Chapter Eleven: The Pickle Jar by the Window. The door creaked open, and with heaping doses of hesitation, Herman took a step inside his old apartment. His first reaction was that Klaus had been right about its state. It was a mess, with broken walls and garbage strewn everywhere. It had also been stripped of everything of value. Pretty much the only things remaining were memories, which were there in abundance. Trying to ignore these, Herman took another step, and he heard the guard in the hallway close the door behind him. This caused him to not only stop, but realize that he had just become a prisoner in his own home. But he realized too that this was a better prison than his previous one. It was also better than sleeping in the office. So he continued on, and he soon reached a pair of empty easels on the living room floor. Here he stopped again, and he turned toward the kitchen and saw the large and empty pickle jar by the window, just where Anna had left it. He noticed as well an upside-down picture frame on the floor nearby, and he crept over to this and picked it up. Through the broken glass, he looked at an image of Anna and himself on their wedding day. And this brought it all to life. Herman was back in Mr. Jacob's suit, and he was carrying his bride across the threshold, who was wearing a simple white dress and gripping an equally simple white rose bouquet. There they had arrived after a short and basic ceremony at City Hall that both their families had boycotted. Herman's mother was especially upset by it. And her son's decision to marry outside their faith, she was so upset that she even held a funeral for him, and sat shiva in mourning. Not a single guest witnessed the wedding, but the two didn't care, as they were overcome with all the promise in front of them. Herman, in particular, was glowing. He would say that he was glowing even more than the bride. He was also punch drunk from all the kissing they'd been doing in the aftermath of the ceremony. He was so intoxicated with his new life state that he couldn't feel the burden in his arms and could barely sense the aroma from Anna's favorite perfume rising toward him. It's not exactly blood, he told her, referring to the mountain resort town in what was then Yugoslavia that he had promised to take her for their honeymoon when they first got engaged. This didn't happen because they ended up getting married much sooner than they had planned, and he had no time to save for it. I don't need any blood, she murmured while gazing into his eyes. I can only imagine what she was feeling. But from the way my grandfather described her on that day and at that moment, and from my conversation with Vera, I bet he wasn't so much holding her up as he was keeping her from reaching the ceiling. We'll make it there one day, Herman went on, when I'm the richest lawyer in Prague and you're the most famous artist in the city. We'll stay right on the lake at the best suite in the Grand Hotel. And I'll carry you right up those ninety-nine steps I told you about. Psaham. Anna smiled. She smiled at the vow he had just sworn in check. While I'm sure thinking that the only one that would ever matter to her was the one he took earlier that day.
Suddenly they both giggled, for no reason at all. Then, with his heart beating so that he thought it would explode out of his chest, Herman spun his bride around until she began to fade. Again Herman was staring at the broken picture. He did well recalling how he thought he'd never be happier than he was at the instant it was snapped. But this only depressed him, so he removed the shards of broken glass from the frame and put the picture on the empty mantle, just where it had been and where it would always belong. Milachku came on a soft voice, expressing her pet name for Herman. This caused his head to spin around, and he saw a more recent addition of his wife, teasingly skipping into the bedroom. He rushed after her, though when he sprinted inside the room, all he saw was more mess. This included the remains of their feather bed on the floor, along with the single bare pillow on top of it, which he stared at while feeling his body hollow out. It hollowed until he crashed onto the bed, where he grabbed the pillow and clutched it before rolling himself into a ball. Anichko Moya, he cried out to his wife in her mother tongue. Proach. He wanted her to tell him why, but he didn't get an answer to this. Instead, his past once more came alive, and he found himself as a young man running through Old Town on his first night in Prague. Herman was running because he was more than an hour late for his get-together with Klaus and Anna, which was the result of him getting lost in the twisted streets of the city for the first of the many times he would. Fed up with all the conflicting directions he'd been given by the passers-by, he asked, he decided to go inside a bookstore to buy a map. But they didn't have any. Though the shop owner took pity on him and his exasperation, and he gave him an old brass compass that he found in a junk drawer. A compass I would come to know well. Just keep heading due west, the man said with a grin as he motioned the way. You're bound to reach Hoos Street eventually. With the aid of the compass, Herman finally found both the street and Uslata Hotigra. As he stuffed the device into his jacket pocket, he rushed inside the pub and saw Klaus, who grinned and pointed to the three full beers on the large communal table in front of him. You're way behind, my friend, he called out. Relieved that Klaus wasn't mad at him in his tardiness, Herman hurried up to the table, just as a waiter brought a fourth beer and tried to put it beside the others. No, Herman pleaded as he waved the man off. I have enough. But the waiter didn't listen. He just put the beer down with the others and left. They just keep serving them here, Klaus told Herman, whether you ask for them or not. Or whether you're here or not, Herman uttered. We have three seats, Klaus explained, so we keep getting three beers. You either drink up in this place or you get the hell out. Then I guess I'd better drink up, Herman replied. Toward this end, before he even sat down, Herman grabbed one of the beers, just as the woman across from Klaus rose from her seat and smiled. Little did Herman know from her picture 
that Anna was a head taller than him. But he did know that this should have bothered him and greatly diminished the way she had aspired him. He actually wanted it to. He wanted to feel decidedly unaspired. He wanted this badly and for lots of reasons. But nothing could do this, not even when she was replaced by his single bare pillow. All she had evoked in him those many years earlier was still lingering and alive in him. And so was she.